From WNYC, this is Money Talking. I'm Charlie Herman. From the start, the United States has embraced the free market. Our nation was founded as economists and philosophers were developing theories about laissez-faire capitalism. Perhaps the most famous of these thinkers was Adam Smith, considered by some to be the father of modern economics. Smith coined the phrase the invisible hand, the idea that people acting in their own self-interest will benefit the entire society. It's a belief in the power of the market, especially when government gets out of the way, and it's a belief that remains popular to this day. It's also at the center of a new play, The Low Road, at the public theater. It's about a young man who has a run-in with Adam Smith and proceeds to dedicate his life to fulfilling his self-interest. Bruce Norris wrote the play, and he joins me now. Bruce, good morning. Hi. So the play is set in the 18th century, and you could have told so many stories about this time and the founding of our country. Why did you choose economics and economic theory? I'd have to say that in my lifetime, especially since I became a young man in the 1980s and uh, Reagan became the president and the national narrative started to embrace uh, this idea that if we deregulate everything, if we make the markets freer, more open, free trade, that somehow everyone will profit, that all boats will be lifted. And it has always struck me that that especially from the point of view of an actor, because I was an actor for a long time, that that seemed manifestly untrue, that uh, no matter how deregulated and free financial institutions became or, or how open our borders became to trade, as an actor, I still was living hand to mouth. Adam Smith is really at the center of your play, and I'm wondering how would you define his philosophy? Well, it's rather unfortunate that we've depicted Adam Smith the way we have because he's not really the Adam Smith of history. The Adam Smith of history, if you read Wealth of Nations or especially Theory of Moral Sentiments, is quite a bit more uh, moderate and reasonable and less ideologically driven uh, thinker. In fact, the actor Danny Davis who plays Adam Smith was very concerned early on that he wasn't given the chance to accurately represent the historical figure. And I said that's true, that we're essentially delivering the Adam Smith of Paul Ryan's fantasies or Rand Paul's fantasies, possibly. And there's a moment in the play where in the second act, as Jim is uh, making his big speech uh, fulminating about the, the benefits, the glories of free market economics, uh, you see a look come over Danny Davis's face of great sadness at having had his one paragraph so misinterpreted and so misused. I mean, if you read Adam Smith, he was definitely in favor of progressive taxation. He was in favor of public works, that the wealthy should be taxed in order to create roads and bridges and so forth. I'm very explicit about that. He has been ill-used. We don't really listen to what he was actually saying. I think he's been cherry-picked, just like people cherry-pick from the Bible or any other text, to find those passages which most support their pre-existing opinions. As someone then who has read these books, what is The Invisible Hand? Well, first of all, uh, The Wealth of Nations is incredibly boring, and I can't recommend that you read it. (laughs) But obviously, The Invisible Hand is a kind of... um, it's almost a theological idea. It's The idea is that, the, that nature was made perfect and that if we simply don't interfere with the workings of nature, that everything will work out for the best. And it comes out of the Scottish Enlightenment. It's a kind of preposterous notion that everything is descended to us in this uh, deistic way from a, from a God who left us with this inheritance of a beautiful, perfect world that we're only uh, capable of screwing up. I don't agree with that view. At one point in the play, the main character, Jim, he has to choose to take the low road or the high road, and you named the play The Low Road. So it sounds like that when you think about the founding of the country, that we as a nation took the low road, or at least when it comes to an economic viewpoint. Is that the case, or what did we do, and, and what is the high and the low road? 
I think that there's a kind of uh, founding schizophrenia in the country, that there's these two ideas that are at war with each other, one being a kind of libertarian ideal of an absence of government intrusion in our lives that would set us free to pursue our own self-interest in a way that will raise all boats and give us the, the happiest life we could possibly have. And then there's the contrasting view, which is a Judeo-Christian inheritance that came over on the Puritan ships that says that we are all part of a community, that we are obligated to each other, to help each other and look out for each other. And we're fighting over those two ideas to this day. One of the most inspired scenes, I think, in the show is at the opening of the second act. And we actually meet a descendant of the lead character, and he is become, I think, the head of a bank or something along those lines. And I have to say, it is perhaps the best takedown I've ever seen of a global economics conference. But what I'm wondering is by having that opening, what are you trying to say about now, which is when that takes place, and the rest of the play, which takes place in the 18th century? Well, even the 18th century portion of the play is replete with anachronism. So I simply wanted to remind the more oblivious in the audience (laughs) that we're talking about today and not about the past and that all of these things that we've decided upon for centuries, that we've debated for centuries, are impacting on us today. And I specifically chose Davos because I feel since Davos is basically Sundance for money, that it's where – some of the world's wealthiest people get together to talk about how they're going to solve the problems of the world through wealth, never acknowledging the fact that by having such extreme and unequal, staggering amounts of wealth themselves, that the likelihood of them solving it is really slim. So not to give away the end of the show, it it makes an argument about self-interest versus the collective or working together as a group. I'm kind of wondering if you're basically saying that self-interest could be the death of us when it comes to our future economically, socially, politically? Well, if you see the end of the play, if you stay for the second act, you'd see that um, those who act collectively to support each other actually kind of come to a bad end in the play, whereas those who've acted out of self-interest come to a rather more positive end. And that's a fairly chilling message for an audience that lives in New York because we tend to look at things progressively and we imagine that if we pursued uh, collective solutions to problems that it would all work out for the best. And I'm not sure I, I think how things work out in the end is the point. I don't believe in utopias and I don't believe in final solutions to our world problems. I think we have perpetual problems that arise cyclically and we have to address them over and over and over again. And that has to do with our natures as humans, as primates who behave in predictable ways. And there is no easy way out, whatever ideology you prefer to follow. The play definitely pokes fun at capitalism. It it makes fun of it at certain points. But what do you see as solutions to the problems that it does create? You know, I'm a playwright. I don't have to offer you solutions. I just have to point to the problem and give you two hours of entertainment while I'm doing it. Bruce Norris is a Pulitzer Prize-winning playwright. His new show, The Low Road, is at the Public Theater through April 8th. Bruce, thank you very much. You're welcome. And I'm Charlie Herman, and this is Money Talking from WNYC. 